today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, in the spirit of the season, we're looking at costume changes in wrestling. Wrestlers going from one gimmick to another, which were super good and which were scary bad. Plus, your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 183, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crocker. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast currently on an extended hiatus from the ring and joining me as always is a veteran of the new england independent Matt wars now he is a contracted ring of honor wrestler he is mr inside edition he is one half of the bouncers he's the no-nonsense brawler brian malonis hey what's going on how you feeling loving life yeah loving life and loving skype yes yes okay <laughs> joining us is the owner and operator and head trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, as well as the owner, operator, promoter, booker of Chaotic Wrestling. He is the permanent host, one of them, of the wrestling podcast about nothing, the firebrand, Brian Fury. Hello, sir. Morning, everybody. Morning. Good morning. Afternoon, evening, or good night, depending on when you're listening to this, right? Very true. All right. Let's get right into it, I guess. Huh, guys? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the scheduling has been fantastic this morning so far. But before we do, BrianMalonis.com. Brian, let's get you a couple bucks, right? This is a brand new t-shirt out. Sure, yeah. Some drinking Care Bears. Go buy it. BrianMalonis.com. There you go. <laughs> and the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com, our hub, our home base. You can find information about us. Well, about me and Brian Malonis anyway. And pictures, all that stuff. Ways to subscribe to the wrestling podcast about nothing, all the podcast platforms. And the uh, social media links are there as well. We are at the WPAN and basically all social media platforms. So go to the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. It is the Halloween season. Brian Fury is just about to head down to Disney World to take part in the Halloween festivities. Is that correct? Very much so. The not-so-scary Halloween party. Very excited. All right. Well, let's talk about some scary and not-so-scary stuff. Costume changes in professional wrestling. Basically, gimmick changes. And... uh there have been some great ones, and there have been some really horrible ones. Let's see here. Brian Malonis, what would you say would be one of the best costume changes in pro wrestling? Well, I'll try to remember one off my list that's on my phone that I'm having to record off of here. but uh... <sighs> <laughs> It's Skype, folks. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, the Sultan to uh, Rikishi. How about that one, Mike? Uh, the Sultan, a horrible, horrible 80s stylish gimmick and right on the cusp of the Attitude Era that and then ushered in Rikishi with his big fat butt cheeks hanging out. But goddamn, was that gimmick over? Dancing fat guys are always over, right, Brian? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Fury, what are your thoughts on uh, the Sultan and Rikishi? I mean, 
Did the Rikishi ever hold a title or get a title match? He was Intercontinental Champion. He was? Okay. I remember the Sultan getting an Intercontinental title match against The Rock at a WrestleMania. But yeah, that gimmick was goofy. It was, yeah. I mean, it could have worked. It could have been neat. But they just didn't really stick with it or give it anything. So it was just gone. See ya. And then Rikishi was, uh, first he came in as Rikishi Fatu, P-H-A-T-U. But oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually dropped the Fatu and he was just Rikishi. But yeah, that was over. Of course, him paired with uh, Too Cool, a fantastic act in the WWF at that time. Yeah, quite the phenomenon. I mean, if you want to go the other way, you could do a, a worst one with the same guy touching neither one of these gimmicks, Head Shrinker Fatu, to uh, make a difference Fatu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that didn't really uh, connect, did it? Nobody likes anybody who's trying to make a difference, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Just like us in the podcasting world, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not trying to make a difference. No? (laughs) No, I don't care. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) All right, uh, Brian Fury, what's on your list for the worst costume changes in this Halloween season. Let's go with um, Chavo Guerrero Jr. turning into Kerwin White. Yeah, that was a little perplexing. Yes. With Dolph Ziggler as his caddy. <laughs> yeah, he became like a white golfer. Yeah, he bleached his hair blonde and he was uh, just a guy out in the golf course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, putting around. <laughs> just putting around and uh, I mean Chavo Jr. wasn't really going much of anywhere so I guess it was a change just trying something outside the box but yeah I mean it's one of those things it just kind of lives in infamy because it just obviously once Eddie passed they just cut it and stopped it and turned it back to Chavo uh, I'd be intrigued to see what they could have or would have tried to do with it had that had never happened how long did it really last it was only a few months right if that. Yeah, if, if that. And yeah, once Eddie passed away, it was right back to uh, Chavo Jr. But uh, yeah, I don't really understand what they were going for. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a Mike Crockett booking idea. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Crockett booked? It's news <laughs> to me. Okay, fam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with one of my best, best costume changes. I'm going to say, who remembers Big Josh? <laughs> I mean, I remember him, but not too many people will, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, Big Josh in WCW was uh, a lumberjack. Brian Malonis, do you remember Big Josh? Yeah, did he, did he not get a wrestling? He actually got like an action figure, right? Big Josh? I don't know that he did. He? He walked to the ring with a bear once. He did. I've seen that clip. I'm pretty sure he got like a dread. Did he get a galoob? He might. We have to check with uh, Sean Burke on this one. <laughs> Perhaps. But uh, Big Josh, yeah, he, he actually was a six-man tag team champion, too, with uh, Junkyard Dog was on the team, and I think it was it Tommy Rich was the third guy, but they were the WCW six-man tag team champions. Not a long uh, standing championship in WCW, but at that time, they... Uh, we're the six-man tag team champions, but Big Josh was, I don't know, he's just like a happy-go-lucky lumberjack. Uh, you know, he wasn't quite the splash of a lumberjack that, say, Yukon John Nord was, and uh, Flapjack Norton, Brian Malonis. Love Flapjack. Much more successful lumberjacks. 
to Big Josh. But Big Josh uh, kind of faded away from WCW. And his next gimmick, the man behind Big Josh, of course, is Matt Bourne. He moved over to the WWF and became Doink the Clown. I say, I think that's one of the best costume changes in pro wrestling history. Of course, Doink initially written off because, you know, literally a clown in wrestling after all the years of people talking about how WWF was, you know, basically a circus. And them actually bringing in a clown really was not looked fondly upon until he really got going, Matt Bourne, in the gimmick. And he was really, like, sinister, but kind of kooky at the same time. Doink the Clown, really, the dichotomy of him wearing the face paint, but really being, like, a maniacal, evil character, really worked. And I think it was just leaps and bounds an improvement over Big Josh. What do you think, Fury? I thought Doink the Clown was really awesome at first. Um, the way they kind of integrated him, and I remember the first like couple weeks he was there, just there would be a clown in the crowd, like walking around doing things and whatnot, and it wasn't really mentioned. And then he kind of slowly started doing things to people as they were walking to the ring, and then he turned into the evil clown. It was just really an awesome transition. I thought it was really really cool. And let's not even talk about the uh, the babyface turn and and Dink <laughs> joining the whole situation. We all know Crockett, you love Dink. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Crockett does love him some dink. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally. But uh, Brian Malonis, your thoughts on Doink the Clown? Yeah, I mean, I think I think heel Doink might be, may be one of the most uh, underutilized characters in uh, in WWE history. I, I think it had probably really big potential, and then they turned it they, they turned it into literally what it was—a a clown. Like it, I, the the thing that probably made it great was the fact that that Doink was a heel, and I think they killed it. <laughs> they killed the uh, uh, the really good stuff about it. And then it was, you know. Scott Ashworth doing it in a VFW hall a few years later, right? <laughs> it amazes me. People still do uh, still do doink. Uh, and even when Matt Bourne dead, there's autograph signings <laughs> with, with doink. All these different people who claim to have uh, played doink. And, uh, you know, who could even question it, right? Really, yeah. And I heard that even this past weekend at uh, AG's uh, Halloween Bash, there was a wrestling clown there as well. <laughs> why, why not <laughs> from what i understand all right brian malonis one of your worst costume changes yeah i mean i think uh coming off a uh you know being one of the greatest tag teams of all time you know and then not quite knowing what to do next i'm gonna say smash uh into the repo man just absolute garbage the repo man was was horrible you know i i guess i he wasn't even really a repo man. He was just a thief. Like a, like a repo man is, is repossessing things that, that you're a dirtbag and you can't afford. You're not paying for. Uh, they just kind of turned him into a thief. He wasn't even a repo man. He did have tire tracks on him, though. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> yeah, the repo man. Uh, like he, at the, If you watch the early vignettes, he was kind of a little more uh, subdued. But at the end, he was like snidely whiplash with like twirling his mustache and just doing maniacal laughter it was so uh, over the top and uh yeah i mean from where smash was as part of uh brian malonis's favorite tag team to being the uh repo man was quite a uh quite a dive off the cliff there brian fury oh yeah i mean repo man was a goof 
He's all you do is those terrible heel laughs in his promos, and only really had like one feud that I can think of uh, with the British Bulldog. But other than that, like he didn't uh, really Fury, do you're anything. For, you're forgetting a really great one. Remember, remember when he repossessed the Macho Man's hat? On, uh, on <laughs> oh Raw? yes, yes he did. <laughs> Missed some payments on that thing. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I, only, I watched some of those early Raws like not too long ago, and that was like a that was like a thread for like two or three episodes of Raw. Just awful. Yeah, because at the beginning of Raw, they were still considering uh, superstars to be the A show. And that was where all the major storylines like carried through. So Raw was just kind of like its own entity at the very beginning anyway, before it just completely became the show. So yeah, they would just do these little like week to week gimmicks to uh, little, these little stupid angles to uh, carry the show along. But uh, yeah, Raw really uh, blew up after that. But Re- Repo Man, do you guys prefer the Lone Ranger Repo Man or do you prefer the Full Mask Repo Man who was uh, very brief in WWF? Oh, I don't even remember the Full Mask uh, one. I had forgotten all about that one. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Lone Ranger Mask, come on. And the fact that he had to go and change his tattoo just to try not to be recognized as a smash. He really went all out. You gotta. <laughs> I guess you gotta. Well, they, were, they really thought that Repo Man gimmick was going to be, you know, the uh, the thing to take him up to uh, the top. Unfortunately, it didn't quite happen. But there are gimmicks that took people right to the top. And Brian Fury, I hope you're going to give us one right now as we talk about one of the best gimmick slash costume changes in wrestling. Let's do it. One of my guilty pleasures in all of professional wrestling he started off as Isaac Yankum, mm-hmm. turned into the fake Diesel, mm-hmm. and then became, that's gotta be Kane! <laughs> Kane. The transition from him, uh, from where he started to where he became, just utterly amazing into one of the biggest icons, I think, in WWE history. Yeah, because I thought for a second there... Isaac Yankum to fake Diesel, is that a drop or is that like a lateral move? Or is that better? Is Diesel better than Isaac I mean, Yankum? Yeah, he was a great Diesel, I thought. I thought he was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he got screwed. Fake Diesel got screwed uh, in the Royal Rumble because he was one of the final four. And then they did that stupid final four match at the next pay-per-view with, with like Sid and Brett and... Austin and Vader and Diesel just got completely ignored and even though he was one of the final four in that Royal Rumble. And you were very upset about this as a teenage Brian Fury? Damn right I am. I'm still to this day as, <laughs> as you can tell by my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts on the transition Malonis from uh, Isaac Yankum to fake Diesel to Kane? Yeah, I actually think fake Diesel might have been an improvement over, uh, yeah. over, uh, over an evil dentist with gross teeth. <laughs> how you how you feel about Kane? I mean, he's had the longevity of of his uh, brother, the Undertaker. Which I don't know that I thought that Kane would be around. As I mean, he's still around, right? Kind of, kind of. I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think it's. I mean, it's one of the all time great characters in uh, WWE history. The debut is. I mean, right up there in, in pro wrestling history for debuts of a character, just from impact and uh, uh, anticipation. Uh, you know, how often do they build uh, up something like that in wrestling and it just falls short? And and this was, you know, still however twenty something years later, still super memorable. Yeah, and uh, he's he's a mayor now. Uh, is he a mayor? Is that what he is? Yes, mayor of Knox County. 
in Tennessee. So uh, from the dentist chair to the, the big chair at the mayor's mansion, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Talk about, uh, I'll talk about one of the worst costume changes. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I love a good hokey gimmick every now and then. And I really enjoyed Papa Shango, much as our friend uh, Ray did. All day Ray. <laughs> yes. Papa Shango. I mean, it's over the top shore. I mean, the face paint looked tremendous. The hat, the whole garb. He he, he looked amazing. It was a tremendous package, a tremendous look. And then you think, he, you think Papa Shango had a tremendous package? I sure do. <laughs> oh so, did boy. D- so did Dink. <laughs> so he went from Papa Shango, and then he became Kama, the supreme fighting machine. And to me, that was a drastic drop-off. Took Shawn Michaels to the limit in the King of the Ring. <laughs> sure he did. Sure he did. And he, uh, he did melt down the urn, which I guess is a, uh, is a feather in his cap. Into a nice gaudy necklace. There was a feather in Papa Shango's cap. Almost forgot about that. <laughs> yes, but, uh, there was. Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine. How do you feel about Papa Shango to Kama, Brian Fury? Um, I love Papa Shango. Uh, I thought he was a really cool character, really cool gimmick. He had a lot of neat little vignettes and different things that he did. Yeah, I guess it was a step down because it wasn't really gimmicky. I liked Kama still. I thought he was a badass, but he didn't match up to Papa Shango. You know, the UFC was coming up at the time, so they wanted to have like a UFC type of thing. The Supreme Fighting Machine, Kama. And he just wasn't... Uh, he just didn't come off to me as a... MMA guy. I mean, we talked about Brian Fury in that King of the Ring review with Tarzan that he's like getting one-upped by Shawn Michaels when it comes to, you know, hand-to-hand combat. It it just didn't it just didn't come off as authentic, the Supreme Fighting Machine gimmick. What'd you think about that, Malonis? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I I, I also loved Papa Shango. Uh, uh, shout out to the uh, to the Playboy who was absolutely terrified of uh, <laughs> of Papa Shango as, as a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was a great character. And I mean, Kamo, yeah, Kamo. I'm wait there with first. Kamo was okay. Uh, I didn't think Kamo was necessarily like a like a bad character. It's just uh, I thought Papa Shango was a much much better character. All right, one of the best costume changes. Going back to the best. And Brian Malonis, I believe you're up. Sure, I'll, I'll go to a fairly recent one, and it's and then this person didn't really, they weren't coming from like a bad gimmick or anything like that. They're just a, a long time uh, successful guy who decided to recreate himself, and uh, a few years ago really captured lightning in a bottle and gave his career a jump start or a restart, and that was Matt Hardy to broken Matt Hardy. Um, oh, good one, good one. It, yeah, it was it was crazy how how hot that gimmick got, and especially. Like it was in TNA uh, and and not in WWE, but it really just started to filter over and and like I said, really re, you know restarted uh, Matt Hardy's career and uh, probably has made him a fortune on top of the fortune he's already made. Yeah, and when TNA had already become kind of they'd fallen off the map in terms of uh, the interest of the internet fans, but that broken thing really just brought TNA uh, back to prominence. Would you uh, say and- TNA had become? obsolete 
Ah, <laughs> yes. Maybe, but uh, but yeah, they really did uh, jumpstart his career. That is, that is a good one. That's one I didn't think of. Brian Fury, how'd you feel about... I mean, we can't. We can talk about Matt Hardy of the Hardy Boys. I mean, there was... Not that it was unsuccessful whatsoever, but yeah, it, it had become a little stagnant, I guess. It was so over the top and like weird and wacky that it worked and I loved it. I thought it was so cool. You know, that big, the big, I don't remember what the name of the match was, but it was so fantastic. The one that he did in TNA, the first one, I loved the WWE one with with Bray Wyatt too. I thought that one was great too, but yeah, it was just really, really unique and different. And he just remained in character. I remember he did a podcast with Jericho where he stayed in character the whole time. Like it was just, it was fantastic. Yeah, and he was doing the same thing on Twitter as well. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty tremendous. And the fact that he was able to bring it over to the WWF, I know things have changed management-wise over there with Impact Wrestling, where they're allowing people to take things with them and be able to do them in other places. And I know Matt Hardy has a lot of ownership over the character as well. It's not like he was uh, handed this stuff from somebody else. He basically created it and came up with everything and basically shot a lot of the stuff himself, the stuff on his on his property. So uh, Matt Hardy definitely has ownership of it. But the fact that they, he was able to bring it over essentially in total from TNA is something you don't see every day. Anyone? <laughs> it was a good it was a good final statement <laughs> <laughs> on to the worst costume changes brian fury another one of your worst gimmick changes in wrestling okay all right this is this is oh there's a man by the name of the undertaker yes he had one of the most iconic amazing best gimmicks in the history of World Wrestling Federation slash World Wrestling Entertainment. He had win after win over Legends Heavyweight Championship. And then he went and changed his gimmick and became some stupid retread dead man of something that he did years before. He went from the American (laughs) Badass, one of the best gimmicks in the history of professional wrestling, to the same old Undertaker. Come on. Oh, my goodness. You're kidding me with this. You know how I feel about the American Badass. I had on my list The Undertaker to the American Badass Taker. Worst transition. Malonis, you, probably, you <laughs> feel it. the same way, don't you? Well, you know, yeah, I, I do. But I guess Brian Fury feels, uh, you know, real passionate about Booger Red, you know? You're goddamn right, I do. <laughs> it's his yard, isn't it? Oh, my Soup God. Bones, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love American Badass Undertaker. What drew you to him besides Limp Biscuit? <laughs> Limp Biscuit came after Kid Rock. There's a double whammy of amazing theme music. Not oh, to mention me. his third theme music that he had after those oh. licenses ran out. Dead Man Fantastic Terrible. song. Awful. <laughs> I feel like I can hear it in the background right now. <laughs> oh no. It's, sun- it's, sun- it's Sunday morning. You think Crockett's, Crockett's going to do this on when late tonight when he's getting yelled at? You think he's going to put that theme song in? American Badass Undertaker was so awesome. And he had a babyface run and a heel run with it. His heel run stuff was so good. Think about when he went to OBW Wrestling and destroyed David Flair down there uh, in, in the middle of his feud with Ric Flair. Had a great match with Ric Flair. It humanized him some. It made him, and he was still like this badass that 
like didn't have to necessarily sell for everybody. He made tried to make careers with that character. He could finally sell and work a little more. He was awesome. He was so awesome. I get very angry when people don't see how good the American Badass Undertaker was. But you can't say that the Undertaker, the original dead man gimmick, was a step down from the American Badass. Even in your your love for the American Badass Undertaker, you have to say it would be a lateral move if you love it, it so much. It was something he already did. He just went back in time. Oh, cool. Let me do this gimmick I did six, seven years ago. Come on. <laughs> he should have brought the American Badass back when he wrestled Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania that time. I would have lost my mind. You were dying for that, weren't you? I certainly was. And do you think he'll do it again before he finally hangs it up, or has he already hung it up? I think at this point, I think it's gone, unfortunately. Moments passed, huh? Depends how much the uh, the Saudi uh, royal family wants to pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, moving on to one of the best costume changes here in this Halloween season. This might be a little controversial. All right. The one-man gang. Yes. Was, to me, I mean, he was big. He could move. He was kind of one note to me. He didn't speak. Uh, Slick did all the speaking for him. Mike, can I stop you for one second? What's that? Think about what you're about to say because Mike Mills might you you might kill the man. (laughs) You might kill him with 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 what you're about to say. So I just you know I I just want to make sure you understand the the potential consequences of where you're going. Oh, I do. I do. I do. I mean, I'm talking about the one man gang and the WWF. The the guy I saw was the one who was in the WWF. And I mean, he was a big guy. He was a, a, a presence, but he didn't really open up to me as a character, as an entertaining figure until Mean Gene went to that darkened alley where the uh, the barrel was on fire. Barrel on fire, yep. Iconic. And then Akeem popped up and started doing his dance. Akeem, oh, that was one of the best transitions to me. And F you, Mike Mills. One man gang <laughs> to Akeem, the African dream. One of the best costume changes in wrestling history. Back me up, Malonis. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if I put it on the best list, but I did enjoy a key. <laughs> Brian Fury, I back mean, me up, please. I love Akeem. Akeem was the man. Him and Slick, plus the Jive Soul Bro theme song, the dance and the moves. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think there's a uh, an Akeem Dusty Rhodes match out there from like a house show or something i I don't think it's even like great footage of it but where i think i think they're doing some dancing stuff together (laughs) you had to think there was there was a little dusty roads in the akeem character don't you think fury no no not at all the dancing the (laughs) jive talking you don't think that he looked at some dusty road stuff slick was his manager he taught him (laughs) malonis spawn back me up uh yeah no i think it absolutely was uh I don't know if it was a dig or or whatever, but I mean, the African dream, the American dream, the dancing. Yeah, I I, I feel like it was, you know, I mean, and Fury, what do you mean Slick taught him? Slick was a pimp. He's not going to teach. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Slick was a pimp. We've got the confirmation of that from Mean Gene a few uh, months ago. All right. I know we're, we're trying to wrap up here, and I think we're going to Brian Malonis. One of the worst costume changes. 
Oh, boy. Um, all right, I'll go with another tag team one here where, the, where they tried to put somebody singles. And for some inexplicable reason, I believe it was the draft, they decided to split up the, the Dudley boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> and for whatever reason, like I'm assuming because, you know, the whole testify catchphrase or whatever, uh, Devon Dudley becoming the Reverend Devon with his associates, I guess. Deacon. Uh, Deacon Batista. Oh, yeah. yes. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was. Yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, it failed. Uh, it failed miserably. Was ill conceived. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I did I, weirdly, and I don't know if this is just a sign of the times of how quickly they pump stuff out. Uh, the Reverend Devon's music did manage to get on one of those uh, theme music CDs that they'd bring out periodically. So, uh, I guess I guess it lives on forever now, but. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I didn't get them breaking up the Dudley boys at that point. I, I think it's just that mindset of at some point you have to break up tag teams, which I, I don't really, you know, I don't really always understand that that mindset. But uh, just absolutely dreadful, you know, character. Brian Fury, how do you feel about the Reverend Devon? I know the Reverend, uh, I think there was, his dad was uh, a Reverend or something like that. So there was some basis for it. But yeah, I don't think it really... It definitely didn't connect, much like the Dudleys did. Yeah, no, wrestling and religion doesn't mix, bottom line. What are you talking about wrestling and religion doesn't mix? Did you not see that tag match where Shawn Michaels teamed with God? (laughs) Certainly did. God is a WWE superstar, Michael. He is, and Brother Love, of course, uh, preaching the religion of love. He wasn't, it wasn't religion. Let's listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast. Uh, No, no, thank you. Crocky can't fit podcasts into his busy, busy schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Fury, one of the worst costume changes. Halloween coming up this Thursday. Let's talk about costumes and one of the absolute worst. Let's go to the absolute worst on your list as we close out this segment. All right. Well, I mean, I kind of just gave up my worst one, obviously, (laughs) with my love for Poker Red. Uh, But let's do um, (laughs) something along the lines that Melanis is doing. Tag team stuff. Um, headbanger mosh. Yes. <laughs> you guys know where I'm going with this, I think. Mm. He became Beaver Cleavage. Harry Beaver Cleavage. Prime Beaver Cleavage. A <laughs> weird take on Leave It to Beaver with some sort of weird incest angle thing, too. Uh, just odd, 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 all the way around. Come on, everybody Everybody loves a good incest angle, don't they? <laughs> fun. Hey. Fun and lighthearted, right? I mean... Right. I mean, if you go on Pornhub nowadays, those are like the, the top <laughs> things everywhere. <laughs> Michael's favorite. Those aren't real, though, Brian Fury. Those aren't real. <laughs> well, they're, yeah, they're always like, step, step. Yes. yes that, that's how you make it feel better. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, the... The beaver cleavage thing, I believe a Vince Russo brainchild. Um, yeah, they had the black and white vignettes. Bro. looked like a sitcom. Yes, indeed, bro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Where do you go with the guy? You're not gonna. You're not gonna put a title on him, right? You gonna put a title on beaver cleavage? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> did, did he not I win? Mean, he didn't win the hardcore title. <laughs> Oh, everybody did. That's not really saying much. Eventually, he became Chaz, and his mom became his 
girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> yeah, didn't they, didn't they turn it from an incest angle into a domestic violence angle? Yeah, they did that too. <laughs> yeah. Just hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> and then Chaz went from that to wearing a, a turban as part of Lowdown, right? With a D-Lo. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that, yeah. I gotta tell you, I thought Lowdown was gonna be a big deal. I really did. <laughs> did you? <laughs> so yeah, and, uh, Chaz Warrington and Headbagger Mosh just kept rolling down that hill. It just got worse and worse and worse. Fell into a hole, then just rolled a little more. It was all downhill from Headbanger Mosh. There are so many more that we haven't really even gotten to. I know people out there want to uh, weigh in, so let us know at the WPAN on Twitter your best and worst costume changes. Yeah, there were there was two big ones we didn't even like get to. I guess I was waiting up for them, but how the hell did we not cover uh, the Ringmaster to Stone Cold and Rocky Maivia into The Rock, Husky Harris to Bray Wyatt? Yeah, lots of good ones. So good, the, I guess good jumping off point for people to talk about, right? Yeah, so let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. Go to uh, the WPAN on Facebook. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your best and worst costume changes. Also, you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. We really want to get your voice on this show, so please call that voicemail line one more time for that number. We'll give you a second to uh, get out your pen and paper. 401-584-9726. Brian Malonis, Brian Fury just uh, disappeared from the ether. Uh, Skype issues. No, he really had to go because he spent the uh, half hour we were supposed to be recording. No, no, no. We didn't spend a half hour. It was 40 minutes. It was supposed to be 10 minutes too. You know. Yes, but. and we didn't really get rolling till. 10.30 a.m. to uh, So Brian, uh, Brian Fury had uh, obligations, so... We've released him, and we're going to close this thing out. But uh, are we still voting for the six-man tag team championship match? We are. You got until the 30th. So, you know, go. you, you can also vote to put us on the meet and greet as well. So, ROHwrestling.com, go vote. The experience this, uh, this Saturday night in Pittsburgh. Uh, let's get the bouncers into the uh, six-man tag team title match against the paper champions uh, that are uh, villain enterprises. Those guys literally never defend those titles. Plus, they got the stupid, ugly custom titles that are garbage. So let's uh, let's make those titles matter. Let's make them uh, a relevant championship and actually have them defended. What do you think, Mike? I think so. And who is your pick <laughs> for who is your pick for the third man? Who's uh, who's looking good to you? I mean, there's a, there's a few out there. I mean, well, we're, we're teaming with Cheeseburger on on Sunday. Get it? Because we're two fat guys. I hope you don't eat him, Brian. Oh uh, yeah, it's so funny, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I thought Delirious might have been a fun, a fun third partner uh, for us, but uh, the popular consensus I see people tweeting at us online is Jeff Cobb, and like I would, I would love to be in a team with Jeff Cobb. So uh, I guess that would be my consensus pick would be would be Jeff Cobb, the Hawaiian Juggernaut. That was my vote, Brian. You've only you've only voted once. Go, you can vote again. I can. Yes, keep voting. I will. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that uh, just when we get off here because I f- I'm afraid if I touch anything here, this entire computer will blow up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I want everybody right now listen to this. Stop for one second. Pause. Go to rhwrestling.com. Find the voting, or go to any of my social medias, and I've posted it a million times. And place at least one vote for me and the Beer City Bruiser uh, with a third person of your choosing to challenge for the World Six Man Tag Titles this Saturday night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Brian, your other big venture besides this podcast, besides uh, 
stumping for votes for the six-man tag team championship match is you're on YouTube, Malonis on sports, right? Well, not well, on you, YouTube, all you social told, media. You told me. Yeah, you told me not to do it on YouTube, so I'm not doing it on YouTube anymore. I'm just putting it straight up on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. Oh, you can still put it on YouTube. Just put it everywhere. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you sit here, you give me this advice, I do what you tell me, and now you're telling me to do something different. But uh, yeah, Malone is on sports. Every Tuesday and Friday, I'm going to give some sort of uh, sports rant. I've uh, peppered you guys in my life that have known me for a long time with this stuff. It's time to put it out there into the universe and see what happens. <laughs> And that is at Brian Malonis on Twitter. Make sure, I mean, you got to be following him if you're listening to this podcast. If not, go to at Brian Malonis and follow Brian Malonis on Twitter. That's where you can find these Malonis on Sports rants. Also, just Brian Malonis on Facebook, right? Indeed, yeah. Uh, Cam Zagami uh, wanted me to do uh, Malonis on politics. So what do you, what do you think of that, Mike? you think that would be a good idea? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> It'd probably be a bit divisive, right? You know, if I wanted to uh, commit career suicide, then uh, yeah, I guess that would be... Uh, a good way to go about it. Hey, right, well, check out Malonis on sports. I think he's gonna he's sticking to the sports. So I'll stick with the sports. Yeah. So you're safe. Go to uh, Twitter and Facebook. Find Brian Malonis and well, uh, people, people are so rational about politics, Mike. You know, that's the way it usually goes. Yeah, it's usually yeah, very rational, civil calm, discourse, sane arguments. Yeah, based in fact. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just stick with the sports, Brian. Malonis on sports. Check it out everywhere that you find yes. Brian Malonis on social media. And uh, speaking of YouTube, the WPAN YouTube channel is gone. Why? <laughs> What'd you do? Know. I don't know. The, it was connected to the old BDA.com email, and I couldn't find a way to move it. Huh. There's no way. Once it's connected to an email address, it's stuck there. Finally, the Mike at BDARadio.com email address went away like over the past month. And so with it, apparently, went the YouTube page. Uh, so I just realized this this morning. I guess we got to restart that then, huh? I think we do. Yeah, I'm going to see what we can do to perhaps... I don't know. You, you can never contact. I've spent this past week with my uh, Clark Kent job, Malonis, trying to figure out how to contact a customer service department. They don't exist anymore. They don't want people calling them. <laughs> Any of these companies don't want people calling them. They just want to solicit emails through their website. So I'm going to try to contact Google, as difficult as that may be, and see what can happen about moving because I'm sure they have it somewhere, to move it to a different uh, account and be able to go forward. Because we had some traction. I know the MJF shoot interview that we did with him was a, a top uh, that uh, it was good. <laughs> a lot of people were checking it out. This is all very fascinating, Michael. It is. Okay, let's move on then. <laughs> Are you checking out the Wednesday Night War? I have been, yeah, well, yeah. I, I guess, I guess, probably checking out one side of it so far. I have uh, the other side of it built up on my DVR. But which one are you watching more uh, frequently? I'm uh, probably watching AEW more more frequently. I, w I won't say that I've watched. Uh, I can't honestly say that I've watched an entire episode of it. So you're bouncing around. You're watching it live? No, 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 no. I go back and watch it on on DVR and fast forward and watch a little bit of it and then kind of move on with my my, my evening. What are your thoughts on the overall presentation and what they have going on over there? 
I think they're doing a good job. I think I think they're doing a really good job. I like that it feels fast paced. It's there's it's definitely a wrestling centric program, so I enjoy that aspect of it. It it feels it feels a lot like the early days of Nitro, if I'm being honest. And I don't know if they're intentionally going for that or you know if that is like the common comparison, but it feels like the early Nitros where it was fast moving, lots of lots of in ring action. Definitely. I, I've seen some of it. Definitely a WCW feel, which is, I mean, I mean, WCW obviously went out of business, but anything that's different from the norm, which is WWE these days, is good, I think, in this day and age. You need it to look and feel different, which AEW seems to be. Yeah, exactly, Mike. Be an alternative. Don't do what the what the, in, in somebody else is doing, because you're not going to do it. Nobody's going to do WWE better than WWE. So... Be an alternative. Be different. Offer, offer something different. Don't try to uh, go head to head with them doing the same thing. I guess is you know, and I think and I think they're doing a pretty good job of that. So I hope it does well. I hope everybody's successful. I think the more quality wrestling content, the better for for everybody. And I'm hearing that. I mean, we're talking about AEW and all these options that are out there these days. More money is being made than ever before. I read something about. Guys on Impact were getting raises, uh, and there's so much uh, money out there. I know your contract's coming up, Brian Malonis. <laughs> I keep bringing it up. I'll let you know in a couple months, Mike. <laughs> okay, let you know how that money's looking. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know the uh, <laughs> what that's looking like in a couple of months. <laughs> excellent, excellent. You'll reveal all right here on the podcast, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Well, hey, man, I won't even be able to do this podcast anymore. Oh, you're kidding. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we'll have to, I'll have to be in any these negotiations. I'll have to be in any of these negotiations, Brian. <laughs> As your business manager. My business manager, Jesus. Yes. You can't even manage your own life. <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop? Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, such a fascinating landscape out there wrestling these you're days. You're going to make a comeback? Uh, you know, I got a couple LBs to lose, but uh, <laughs> man, I, I am so addicted to sugar. I, I just look at my daily intake and everything is just, yeah. Have you wow. tried Smart Sweets, Michael? What's that? What? What? what huh? What? It's these, uh, it's like it's all natural candy that only has like three grams of sugar per bag. They're like, they have uh, Swedish fish and Sour Patch Kids and gummy bears. I'm telling you, these things are, they're not even, they're not even like a sponsor. I, I wish they would plug us. Their, their product is delicious and there's no artificial anything in it. It's all like plant-based stuff. So look into it, Mike. Smart Sweets. Delicious. And it tastes good? It tastes unbelievable. Really? Where do you get yes. them? I think, I think they're actually popping up in like Walmarts and stuff now and Targets. They're at Whole Foods as well. Smart sweets. Huh? I'll have to think about yeah. that. All right. Write that down. Like they are. You're, uh, let me warn you now. They are addictive. Wow. Uh, I mean, it can't be any worse than what I'm addicted to now. Just... <laughs> it's going to hold you. <laughs> it's going to hold me. <laughs> Thank God Halloween is over on Thursday. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you go right back to, uh, you know, healthy eating. But no soda, right? No. You're still, still off soda? <laughs> still. This is probably like 10 years at this point off soda. So good on me. The dividends are paying off. But <laughs> My heart's not exploding with the energy drinks. It'll just, you know, explode a different way, right? With uh, <laughs> greasy, fatty foods. Good God. Good gravy. And uh, speaking of greasy foods, they have a lot of that down south. And we're talking about booking the territory. 
the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast with Mike Mills, with Harbody Harper and Doc Turner. I hope Mike Mills doesn't uh, excommunicate himself from this podcast based on what I said about the one-man gang, one of his very good friends. <laughs> he might put out a friggin' hit on you at this point. <laughs> well, check out his podcast anyway. Even if he's going to never talk about the wrestling podcast about nothing again, I say check out Booking the Territory. Great podcast where they're talking about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They're talking about the old Jim Crocker promotions, looking at uh, the old Saturday Night 605 shows. So check out MikeMills.Podbean.com for all your Booking the Territory needs. And if you want to go north of that, Mason Dixon, there is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. They're starting their new season today, episode 151. They're talking about the best and worst entrance themes Brian Malonis Ooh, I like that yes it's going to be a lot of fun and we did that uh, back in the day I'm not going to say we did it first I'm sure that people did it before <laughs> us we did it before OVP though oh my god you, so, you and Murata with this stuff are uh, you're insane Lil Joe Murata <laughs> and Big Michael Quinn host that podcast so check out ovppodcast.com it's going to be a great season over there on our vantage point greetings from Allentown with PW Peter Winson he takes one episode of wrestling television and just uh, breaks it down beyond breaking it down just breaks it down into the little little minutia just single atoms but greetings from Allentown check it out with Peter Winson subscribe to that show and the rundown wrestling podcast which really isn't one singular podcast anymore it is so many podcasts it's a whole network rundownwrestling.com for all the details on all those great shows it is time for this week's promo about nothing hey, Brian hey, Mike, can, I get, can, can i give you a little feedback that i got from a friend of ours uh, about last week's episode oh please please do <laughs> i was texting with i uh, get ready for a name drop with our good friend ivar one oh. of the the raw tag team champions so the viking the viking raiders Yes. You've heard of him? I know of him, yeah. He is a big fan of uh, Eat Shit Crockett. He, he thinks that's the best version of Crockett he's ever heard. So uh, I just wanted to give that little that little feedback that I received on last week's uh, episode. So more uh, more Eat Shit Crockett. What do you mean, Eat Shit Crockett? The, when you went off and told uh, that guy <laughs> that called you Tubby oh! or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh he didn't call me Tubby. Or whatever he called you. He called whatever me a, a piece of garbage. Piece I think. of shit. Yeah. Piece yeah, of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so, uh, he's still much on his shit sandwich over there. Looney, uh, <laughs> Looney Wan, whatever his name is. Well, that version of Michael was uh, Ivar's favorite. So big shout out to Ivar, one half of the Raw tag team champions. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, he wants to hear more, uh, eat shit, Michael. All right. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that. Uh, we could have got some, uh, eat shit Malonis at the beginning of this podcast, right? <laughs> maybe i was a little frustrated yes we're pretty uh we're, we're might, we might be done with skype we're gonna have to look into other options so uh that's uh that's what we'll do in our off time but yeah, uh, you it might is time to crawl out of your hole once in a while <laughs> yeah it is time for this week's promo about nothing but before we get into that you are hitting the highways byways and airways kingpin applying your trade as a professional wrestler and you got dates yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep it we'll keep it short and sweet here, mainly because uh, I'm on my phone and my calendar's on my phone. So, uh, but we're winding down the year. This weekend, we already talked about it a little bit, but Ring of Honor returns to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, for uh, the experience, which is the fans take control. 
the voting right now, not only for the World Six-Man Tag Team uh, Championship match, but all sorts of matches uh, where you can vote for the participants, the stipulations. So it's going to be, uh, you know, even if you're not going to be in Pittsburgh, you can see it live on Honor Club. So uh, get in those last-minute votes. So if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, uh, you got till the end of the day on the 30th, which I believe is Wednesday, uh, to get those votes in. So uh, go over to ROHwrestling.com, follow Ring of Honor on uh, all forms of social media. Plus, follow me on social media. I'll be sharing all week to try to impact these matches, have a control. Wrestling fans all like to think they can book a card better than the people booking it. And Lord, Lord knows there's no shortage of people that criticize Ring of Honor these days. So <laughs> have at it, folks. Have at it. You have the opportunity. Uh, so uh, put your money where your mouth is and shut up and just go vote. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, go go vote. I, you know, obviously, me and the Bruiser want to be in that World Six Man Tag Team Title Match, and I mean it. Villain Enterprises, the biggest paper champions I think I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Uh, let us go in there and uh, get those World Six Man Tag Team Titles and uh, make them something uh, people actually get to see on Ring of Honor broadcast. So let's do that. And then Sunday, uh, heading to Columbus, Ohio, home of Frankie Williams. Uh, yep. You know, you know what's ironic? The Pittsburgh Steelers are at home on Sunday. I'll be there Saturday night into Sunday morning, and then I have to leave when they're going to play. So it's very, uh, very upsetting to me. But I'll be here. Really, you can't stick around. <laughs> no, I got to go wrestle, Mike. So I got to work. Oh. But it's uh, it's uh, Ring of Honor's unauthorized. Some crazy stuff are already going on. Colt Cabana is booking eight crazy matches. And he's put us in a, uh, I think he's calling it a punderful six-man tag match. It's uh, it's uh, Burger Flip Gordon and uh, Kenny Burger King and Dalton White Castle against Cheeseburger Double and Triple. Uh, get it, Mike? You're, we're you're triple, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, I'm fat, so we got to be. It's got to be food puns. Uh, oh boy. You know. So there's that. I I, I guess. Uh, you know, we're taking a page out of some other wrestling promotions book with fat people here. So, but uh, it is what it is. It'll be a great six man tag team match. And uh, anytime you get to step in the ring with uh, guys the likes of Flip Gordon, uh, Kenny King, and Dalton Castle, it's a great opportunity. So, uh, my job going into that is to make people forget about the stupid puns in the match and uh, walk away thinking that they just saw a hell of a match and understand that uh, I'm not a triple cheeseburger. I am. Uh, Brian Malonis, call me Brawler, call me Kingpin, call me whatever you want. But I am one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet. And I think uh, one of, if not the best big man of this generation, Michael. So is this a tag team match or a food fight? Uh, It's a six-man tag team match, Mike. Okay, just double checking on that. (laughs) And who knows if if the the three of us, uh, if uh, Cheeseburger, me and the Bruiser get voted in uh, to the six-man tag team title match on uh, Saturday night, this could be a... Six-man tag title defense. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But anyways, it's Ring of Honor's unauthorized this Sunday night, uh, live from Columbus, Ohio. That'll be uh, streaming to you on Honor Club. We'll just stop there, Mike, uh, and move on to the promo about nothing. How about that? All right. Well, if you want to book the brawler into uh, 2020, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And let me just say really briefly for Brian Fury that this Friday night, Chaotic Wrestling returns to Lawrence, Massachusetts, the Lawrence Elks Club. Check out Chaotic Wrestling this Friday night, November 1st, where in the main event, it will be Christian Casanova defending the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Carlito. Carlito Caribbean Cool will be 
in Lawrence, Massachusetts. They had a, a flight issue before where they couldn't have the match, but the match will happen this Friday night in Lawrence at the Elks. Go to chaoticwrestling.com for your tickets and full card information. How do you like those apples, Micah? They're cool. They're cool. <laughs> All right, Brian. This week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1986. And it is the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. And we have a special promo segment here. You know, back in the day, you had your um, you had your snake pits. You had your piper's pits. You had your flower shops. You had your body shop. And uh, one of the lesser known wrestler-hosted segments in the WWF was the Magnificent Moment. Whoa. I don't even know about this. It was the Magnificent Moment with the Magnificent Morocco. And yes, he is here with a very special guest, someone brand new to the World Wrestling Federation. His name is the Honky Tonk Man. Wow. Honky Tonk and the Magnificent Morocco this week's promo about nothing. We have explored many vast and mysterious worlds, this magnificent moment on the WWF. Now we get into a little thing called Honky Tonk, with a man from Memphis, Tennessee, a man who I'm not familiar with, a man who calls himself the Honky Tonk Man. What's going down, Honky Tonk Man? First of all, Mr. Morocco, let me say this. I like to stand up when I talk to you. Well, when I'm out here on your magnificent moment, I like to be standing up because the Honky Tonk Man likes to move around. He likes to twist and shout. You know what I'm saying? I come from Memphis, Tennessee. It's the home of rock and roll. It's the home of lots of good wrestling fans, just like this great nation right here. And what the Honky Tonk Man says is I got up this morning, I jumped in the Mississippi River, and I swam halfway to the Great Lakes just to get here, Mr. Morocco. And while I was swimming, I was thinking. I was thinking about what I need to say up here on your magnificent moment tonight. And what I need to say is this, that I got some good friends in the WWF, and they said, Honky Tonk Man, you better beware. You better watch out for people like Don Morocco. They said, don't let him insult you out here on this magnificent Morocco's moments. They said, don't let him say a word, because if he talks, he's going to say something funny. Well, we don't like people making funny of nobody. You know what I'm saying? But the honky-tonk man likes to say this right now. My friend, my special friend in the WWF that sent me here on this mission, Mr. Morocco, you'll be glad to hear you this. You have a I friend? Know. I got four or five of them, and he was named Hawk. Hogan! Hulk Hogan's my friend! He sent me and said, watch you, because you're a bad guy! Well, everybody's already seen. Come back here! I'm not finished with you! This magnificent moment isn't over yet! Babyface Honky Tonk, man, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, well, he's addicted to love. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to face it, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really picture the Honky Tonk man as a white meat baby face, but that's exactly uh, what you got there. And he dropped that name, Hulk, Ho <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Much like you and Ivar. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I wish I could drop Hulk Hogan's name. <laughs> Maybe I don't these days. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a good or bad thing? <laughs> touch or go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Hockey Talk, I mean, he has four or five friends. Right. <laughs> yeah, what a weird, pro like, I don't understand the, uh, 
Uh, I mean, he started out, you know, playing playing his character, but then talked about swimming the Mississippi to get there. I just don't, uh, I, I don't really get it. I don't really get anybody envisioning that gimmick as a babyface gimmick. But maybe it's just because I'm so conditioned to seeing it as a heel, and uh, so I don't know if that's just bias of actually having seen the character. But uh, very strange to see the hockey talk man as a babyface. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is apparently Vince McMahon's brainchild, and he didn't think anybody would be able to boo an Elvis Presley impersonator. <laughs> well, they're boo- they sound like the crowd was booing him right there. So Yeah, and, and let's talk about uh, Magnificent Morocco and his Magnificent Moment. Uh, Magnificent Morocco, as an interviewer, leaves a little bit desired. He just yeah, uh, I mean- brings him on and says, what's going on, a honky-tonk man? That raspy, raspy voice. <laughs> and the fact that as soon as the promo started, we're watching this uh, on Twitter, actually. It's actually our Vantage Points Twitter account. They post lots of great videos. So at OVP Podcast on Twitter, make sure you follow them. The graphic comes up and says, The Body Shop, <laughs> which was Jesse Ventura's segment. I don't know if Don Morocco commandeered the segment from Jesse Ventura and just made it the magnificent moment, but that was a little weird. <laughs> it's weird that it made it out without being fixed <laughs> yeah exactly and the I'm, I'm guessing in these days they probably did a lot of a lot of live editing uh where they were just uh live to tape yeah exactly <laughs> yeah the magnificent moment uh at don morocco i would give a, a d as an interviewer he just basically he was like a <laughs> i bet you like to give him the d this is what's going on with this episode today between you and <laughs> well, brian fury <laughs> you keep teeing us up <laughs> so Don Morocco I would put him in the vein of a 2019 announcers asking people questions just basically saying what do you say and handing them the microphone and then just letting them go off <laughs> talk about <laughs> yeah. and Don Morocco has kind of had a resurgence online as of late people really never appreciated him especially you know his heel run as the intercontinental champion uh, but a lot of people now finding this old footage and really learning to appreciate a guy. I mean, when I started watching wrestling in 1988, he was already the rock. Don Morocco was a babyface with uh, superstar Billy Graham as his manager. So uh, I never really got to see the heel one. Yeah, I think that was, I mean, I, I have the same memories of Don Morocco that you probably have. And that, and, and really, when you think about it, that was really the, the tail end of of Don yep. Morocco. So, uh, I mean, you know, you're, I mean, the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling era of Don Morocco is, is the twilight of his career. It definitely is. And uh, yeah, there's so much Morocco that I haven't seen. I know that Adult Mark, a good friend of ours, was a big Magnificent Morocco fan. I think I might have to go back and check some of this stuff out because he's I've seen a couple of his. When I found this, I looked at a couple other Don Morocco promos for his heel run, him and Mr. Fuji at points. And uh, yeah, he's just uh, I think we've done a promo about nothing about him before, too. Like he's where he's eating donuts or whatever during the promo. I don't know. He's kind of a forgotten figure in wrestling and someone that people should really look up. Yeah, I agree. And he's, uh, yeah, not, you know, not somebody you, you don't hear about. And I won't, I won't sit here and say, I've seen a bunch of Morocco stuff other than the stuff from my childhood, but I haven't, but yeah, maybe somebody worth, uh, worth going back and taking a, a longer look at. Somebody who's probably not worth going back and taking a second look at is Babyface honky tonk, man. <laughs> there, there's really not much of it out there, right? It was very, was it only one or two TV tapings, right? Is I mean, it's I very so. brief. 
Yeah, and then he did the whole uh, vote of confidence thing where he asked people to vote on, you know, whether you should, I guess, whether you should be a heel or a, or a baby face. And he, <laughs> and he, he basically turned heel after that. It was the vote of confidence, and he didn't get a lot of feedback, I guess. So that's when he turned heel. It was uh, very brief. He was Hulk Hogan's good friend, the Honky Tonk Man, which you don't see Hogan and Honky Tonk pairing up very convincingly in this period. <laughs> Well, you know, well, what we got got out of it was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And uh, Honky Tonk Man. Oh. Huh? Oh, boy. Huh? <laughs> all right. Well, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right, Brian Malonis, we are back here next week for episode 184 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Till then, he is Brian Malonis. And for the departed Brian Fury, I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. Brian Malonis, do you remember Big Josh? Brian Malonis? Sorry, what'd you say? I'm trying to look at my fucking list in between, (laughs) like...